Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, where I try to bring you some interesting interviews with people doing really cool stuff in the world of entrepreneurship. And today we have Shyon Desharkar from Datafinity, and I'm going to let him jump in and tell us about what his company does. Shyon, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, so Datafinity is all about bringing the web into a single database. So we like to say we're open access to web data. So what we do is we go over the entire web and all the information that, that is out there, things like product prices, business reviews, property listings, everything like that, uh, we bring that all into a structured database that makes it really easy to access data you would want from the web. Um, so we've got companies using us for price auditing, competitive intelligence, market research, lead generation. Basically, the idea is that if you could tap into all the data on the web instantly and quickly, what sort of applications analysis could you do with that information? Um, that's what we're enabling with Datafinity. So how old is the company? The company is about three years old right now. Uh, we're 17 people. Uh, we're still a startup, but uh, we've got some great customers uh, and showing some traction. So it's been a very exciting uh, year so far. Now, I looked you up on LinkedIn and saw that you're kind of a serial CEO. You've been the head of a, of a bunch of companies over the last few years. And it looks like you have been an entrepreneur ever since you got out of Rice, where you got your MBA. Is that correct? Yeah. And before that as well. Um, basically, straight out of my undergrad program, I started with basic like freelance software development type stuff and that evolved into an actual company where I was doing predictive software for companies in Houston where I used to live. Uh, and yeah, I've basically been doing uh, startups and entrepreneurial technology type stuff since then. And I like to, like to brag a little bit. You got your undergrad at Carnegie Mellon University. Is that right? Yeah, uh, that was an exciting and intense experience uh, all rolled into one. Uh, CMU was an amazing education for like pure hardcore computer science, uh, really taught you the fundamentals and has really carried me through uh, despite the quickly accelerating uh, pace of technology. Well, I, I know a little bit about the school because uh, I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but uh, my daughter is going to be a freshman in the class of 2019 starting this fall in the Tepper School of Business at Carnegie okay. Mellon. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh these days. Yeah, yeah, it's a great school um, and she'll have a great time. It's uh, They'll really uh, 
they really stick to their guns and they'll they'll give her a great education. Yeah, I hear I hear that it's uh it's not an easy program, but I hear that uh, you come out the other side ready to go out and take on the world. You no, know, so like one of my favorite uh, comparisons to give people. So everyone from CMU kind of has like a chip on their shoulder because it doesn't have the same like reputation that like an MIT or Harvard does. I think it's gaining that, but uh, it's not quite there yet. So um, one of my best friends uh, did applied mathematics at Stanford, which is basically computer science, right? And uh, I was in the computer science program. And so we looked at our course schedules. He's a year younger than me. Uh, so he was a year you know, before me. So we looked at our course schedules. All of his classes that he was taking his sophomore year, I had taken my freshman year at CMU. So that's kind of like how I like to compare schools uh, with CMU. <laughs> So, so you never you never jumped into the corporate world. Uh, what led you to wanting to just do your own thing right from the start? Um, you know, I think the core of it comes down to I really love creating things. Um, I've always had ideas that I'd like to pursue. Continue to have all those ideas, but uh, I think ultimately, when you when you see what you want to have in the world, and this is maybe a little philosophical, but when you see what you want to have in the world, you you just want to go out and do it. You don't want to wait for other things to make that happen. And I think that's what drives me as far as entrepreneurship goes. And I think it drives a lot of entrepreneurs as well. Um, I mean, so I, you know, I've always had a fascination with data. My background is in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Data fuels a lot of that. And uh, if you want to enable fasting applications, you need interesting data. And so we, you know, through you know, a somewhat long journey, I've realized that the web is the most interesting information source out there. And if we could just sort of tap into that, that'd be the ultimate repository of data. Um, so that's kind of like what I wanted to see in the world. That's what I pursued. Beyond that, uh, I mean, you know, my family is all entrepreneurs. So both my mom and my dad have their own companies. So I don't know if it was a choice. Most people want their kids to be engineers or doctors, but uh, I don't think my parents wanted me anything to do besides being an entrepreneur. <laughs> well, that's funny because I talked to a lot of people who had to, after college, had to go have that hard talk with their parents where they weren't going to go to work for the big company and they were going to go do their own thing. And, you know, the parents cried after investing $100,000. And so, <laughs> so yours was the opposite. If you had taken that, that big job with, job with Google, your parents would have said, what? What are you doing? Yeah, well, you know, they'd be, they'd be happy with that too. But uh, I think uh, this was definitely their preference. So what do you love about the life of an entrepreneur? Um, that's a complicated question, I think. Uh, you know, the excitement comes from there's a, there's a ton of uh, self-fulfillment that comes with being an entrepreneur. You're sort of driving your own destiny. Uh, you have this vision and you're bringing all these resources, people, technology, every you know, investor money to, to make this dream happen. And that's a very fulfilling experience. It's, of course, also fraught with uh, some very nervous times, um, some very upsetting times. That's part of what comes with that excitement, you know, uh, no risk, no reward. And, that's, and being an entrepreneur is the epitome of that. Um, so it's, I mean, it's an adventure, really, at the end of the day. Uh, you don't know if the adventure is going to be successful, but uh, it's a hell of a ride uh, trying to get there. So is there, anything, is there anything about being an entrepreneur you, you don't love? Are there ever days you wake up and say, oh, my gosh, I could have been, you know, had a big salary and, you know, expense <laughs> account. This would have been great. What am I thinking? Yeah, so, well, you know, it's, it's only 
when you think about you, you're, you know, you have some tough days and you're like, you know, I'd be damn good at opening up a hot dog food right? I bet I could nail that business <laughs> and, you know, life would be okay. We'd make decent money and it'd be fine. But then, you know, you think about it some more and like, you know, you probably wouldn't end up being happy doing that because, you know, where's the growth, where's the excitement, where's the conquering the world kind of thing. Um, and I think that's what most people that are in technology startups are looking at doing. Uh, so, you know, the grass can sometimes be greener, but uh, when you really think about it, it's not. Um, so, you know, those are just moments of fantasy that pass you by. <laughs> so, Cheyenne, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what's the coolest thing you and your company are doing these days? So, you know, we're really excited about uh, executing our vision this year. Uh, we built a lot of the core technology to power our platform, and now we're going out and getting all that data into our product. Um, so we're doing a lot of fascinating stuff around automated data extraction from the web. So we can basically look at a random web page and pull out things like the product price, uh, product name, business name, stuff like that. Um, so this will enable us to basically scour the entire web automatically and pull out all the data that's in there. Um, of course, that product will be developing over the course of this year and next year, but um, that's one of the awesome things I'm really excited about. Um, we're also building this really amazing data pipeline internally to quickly pull in data from rich sources, highly structured sources, and get that data into the hands of our customers very quickly. Um, so basically, uh, improving the coverage and really executing an our dream of all the web in a single database, uh, that's what our goal is this year. And uh, we're building some really interesting technology to make that happen. Uh, and then that, of course, translates into things that our customers are doing with that data. So we've got all these interesting customers that we're working with right now that are doing everything from helping luxury brands monitor product assortment on the web to helping uh, companies in the real estate space monitor listings in competitive markets that are growing. Um, so all these really interesting stuff that we're seeing happen with our data, that's also incredibly exciting. What is the biggest challenge then that you face to continue to grow the company? Our challenge is always scale for us, right? So, I mean, we are truly a web scale operation. I mean, inherently so. Um, so we're always faced with the challenge of turning this chaotic, exponentially growing system into this finite, highly ordered system, right? And, uh, that's, uh, that's an incredibly complex challenge with uh, infinite edge cases. Uh, so, you know, in software development, you know, you solve 80% of the problem and then you deal with the 20% edge cases, and that's a pretty good way of doing it. When you're talking about converting the web into a database, those edge cases can grow very quickly. So figuring out intelligent, elegant ways of dealing with that uh, is always an interesting problem. And it, and it touches on every aspect of our company from the core operation of just pulling in data to how to represent that data in the most sensible way. So that's kind of the core of our challenge. So this isn't your first time as a CEO. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from your previous ventures? I think the previous ventures were smaller in scale. Um, so what I learned from there was a lot of you know basic business knowledge. I, I mean, I did get an MBA, but I would say a lot more of the 
feet on the ground knowledge comes from just going through the effort of building a business. So I learned a lot about uh, dealing with customers, uh, executing on projects, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm actually very much like an introverted person, um, soft-spoken and stuff like that. But I, I learned in my the first couple things that I did how to actually talk with customers, how to, to pitch yourself, how to pitch the company. Uh, so I can easily put on the, the sales hat uh, and go from, you know, quiet nerd programming Cheyenne to a sales executive Cheyenne uh, in the blink of an eye. So that was an important skill to develop and something that you don't you can't really learn until you actually put yourself on the front line. So Cheyenne, I, I interview a wide variety of different types of people. I interview a lot of solopreneurs and consultants and speakers and authors. And so you're a little bit different because you are actually building a highly scalable technology company. So what advice do you have for somebody who wants to start a business and grow it? What advice do you have for somebody out there? Maybe they're working for another company and they're thinking, I, I have an idea. I could go build my own my own <laughs> venture. But it is a you know, a scalable big company. What advice do you have for them if they want to go start something like this? There's a lot of ways to answer that question. Um, You know, I think you have to look at it from different angles. Uh, There's different components that go into building a company. You've got your product development, your market research, uh, actual execution of customer projects. uh, And then there's the auxiliary components that are needed to help sustain a business. Uh, if you're just starting out from nothing and you have an idea, I think the most important thing is to validate that idea. Uh, so you need, you know, this kind of touches on things like the the lean methodology, where you build out uh, something like an MVP or something that solves a customer pain point, so you can prove that someone's actually willing to pay for this. If you can prove that, you've gotten a lot farther than most people. Uh, but that can be a very challenging thing to do. Uh, but you need to put yourself out there and actually make the effort. Once you start doing that, you get the ball rolling. I think going from zero to one is the biggest hurdle. And zero to one means actually putting together something that someone can use and sees value in that. Once you've validated that, uh, then it's all about scale at that point. How do you get the next customer? Um, how do you develop the product further? Uh, and then how do you start bringing in people that understand your vision, and want to see that grow. Um, But if you're asking me, the guy working at his desk right now, what should they do? The first thing is to start putting in that effort to build out that product that you think solves a customer pain point, and then showing that to a potential customer and validating the value in that product. So you described yourself you described yourself as an introvert and yet you know you have to be out there as the face of the company and doing things like podcast interviews and and things like that. How much do you think it helps a company like yours to be located in a place like Austin, Texas where there is such a vibrant entrepreneurial community where you have, you know, sort of the access to all these different relationships and things like that. As, as an introvert, is it important to be engaged in your community? Oh, of course. I mean, it's important to be engaged regardless of your personality. Uh, and Austin is a great environment uh, for startups. Uh, the community is very much thriving. Uh, there's a ton of activity from investment to technology developments, uh, to actual customers you can have here locally. Uh, we actually moved the company about two years ago from Houston um, to Austin primarily because of recruitment and, and talent reasons. 
Uh, and it's been a boon for us on that regard, but also in terms of uh, things like our marketing efforts, customer development, uh, technology exposure, all those things have been magnified here in Austin. Uh, it, you know, kind of on the flip side of that coin, it's also great because it's still a small enough community where you can get noticed and it's easy to cut through the noise as long as you have something meaningful to talk about. So that's uh, very useful uh, for a company like us to basically highlight ourselves without having to compete with a million other, you know, could be maybe startups. Um, but yeah, the community has been great. Uh, we participate in a lot of events, uh, meetups, uh, you know, big events like South by, we did a lot of stuff for that. Um, and then even just like having local folks here that I've talked to and developed friendships with other startup CEOs and founders, uh, it's been great. It's been it's so easy to just connect over lunch or a beer and, you know, talk shop and get advice, talk through each other's pain points. It's just so much easier and everyone's kind of on the same page and willing to help each other out. So it's a great community. One of the things I love to ask my guests is I really believe the best entrepreneurs are observers. They don't just, you know, talk about their own company and, and watch what they're doing, but they, they watch their competitors. They watch other industries. They, they watch all kinds of things that are going on. So I love to ask guests, who do you see out there besides yourself and your coworkers who else do you see out there who's doing something really amazing and, and what can people learn from that? Um, so I guess I'll talk about uh, two of my friends that run companies here in Austin. Uh, one is uh, AJ Bruno at Trendkite. Uh, so Trendkite is developing software to help get actual ROI from for PR efforts. Um, they've been having amazing growth and it's really been really exciting to see their product take off. Um, Full disclosure, they're also a customer of ours, but uh, that came after uh, our friendship. Uh, it's you know they they it's just uh, talking with AJ and learning how they're developing their sales efforts and stuff like that has been helpful for me, and, and it's really cool to see what they're doing. Um, other other companies that I've been following and, and we also use uh, is Datastax. So my friend uh, Matt Fall at Datastax, co-founder. Uh, you know, they are doing amazing. I think I mean, they've raised over a hundred million dollars, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been an amazing growth story and talking with Matt over the last few years and seeing how they've developed that company from basically a experimental database project to someone who's competing with Oracle. That's been an amazing story. So another question, we had talked a little bit offline that you have helped people, you know, in the past and been sort of a mentor to them and, and sort of help people. If someone is going to become a first-time CEO, how important is it for them to have a mentor and how do they go about finding one? Yeah, um, mentors are incredibly important. Um, my philosophy uh, is try and find someone who's two to five years ahead of where you are right now. Uh, so if you're just starting, find someone, you know, who's maybe raised uh, angel or series A money. If you have like a 10 person company, try and find someone who has a 20 person company and so on. Um, because those people will be close enough to where you are to understand and still remember the pain points that you have. Uh, and then be able to help you chart out the next couple of years. Um, so I think that's a good philosophy to have. Um, and so 
when you've identified that kind of person, uh, you know, try and identify where those people are, whether those be local events or industry events, uh, you know, find those people out. I think as long as, I think what I found is that as long as you're doing something interesting, uh, those people will be very fascinated to help you uh, because they love being plugged into what's going on and uh, they want to see interesting technologies and companies develop. So, um, yeah, that would be my advice. So, Cheyenne, I really appreciate you jumping in and being a guest today on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If someone wants to find out more about your company and about you, how can they do that? Yeah, so, I mean, our website is datafinity.co. So you can go to the website and learn about the company there. Uh, And you can always contact us, uh, our email address, contact at datafinity.co. I'll see that email, so that's an easy way to contact me. Uh, and then we've got our, our, our Twitter profile as well, and we're always uh, eager to hear from folks that are interested in the company and want to learn more about what we do. Well, I'm always excited to have CEOs of companies that are growing and doing exciting things on the show, especially when they're local companies here in Austin. Now that we've had a conversation, maybe you and I, maybe our paths will cross at one of these networking events and, and we can have a beer together. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Well, thank you again for being a guest on the show. And to those of you who tuned in and listened, as always, thank you so much for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do community. If you like the show, jump over to iTunes and leave a review. I know I say this a lot, but uh, reviews are a way that helps get the show found by other people. Also, tell your friends about it. That's one of the ways uh, I hear from new listeners a lot is somebody told them to listen because they liked the interviews that we were doing with cool entrepreneurs who were doing cool things. Well, we're going to be back in a couple of days with another exciting interview. In the meantime, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.